Yes, thank you so much for having me. I was so excited that you reached out to me and I wanted to show you and everybody else. Okay, <laughs> look at that. I, a lot resonated with me. <laughs> so gosh, where do I even start? There is so much goodness in this book and I, you are such thank an you. inspiration. And <laughs> I just loved it, every single page of it. But what really resonated with me was this African philosophy of Ubuntu that yeah. really drew me in because I've been to Africa, as you know, and I learned about Ubuntu while I was there. And I hadn't heard about it since. That was a decade ago. And then when I came across this book, I thought, I have to read this. I have to go back to Ubuntu. Like it was calling to me. Yeah. So, yeah, so if you want to talk about what Ubuntu is and how it affected your life. It affected my life in so many ways. And in fact, it also shaped the core of who I am. Ubuntu is an ancient African philosophy that literally recognizes that we are all connected by our shared humanity. It's this understanding that because of this interconnectedness, what impacts one of us will eventually impact all of us in various ways. So in a very practical day-to-day -day living, it teaches you to treat each other with compassion, right? Because if you hurt others, you also hurt yourself. It teaches you to uplift those around you because you are part of the same community. And that's, you know, in so many ways, what inspired my work as a humanitarian, because I realized that if I am going to live a fulfilled life, if I'm going to live a truly equal life, then it means making sure that everyone else lives a truly equal life because of this interconnectedness. So that's what Ubuntu is. And I think it's very beautiful that, you know, you have come across it on your, you know, in your own life when you went to the African continent. So, yeah. Yeah. And then I wanted to read a passage from your wise go-go about yes. Ubuntu because I really thought this, this was really profound for me. She says, ah, you have to dream big, my dear child, because your dream doesn't just belong to you. It is a dream for all of us. Yeah. And that just, when I think of dreams and I think of people in my life or myself, you're reaching for yourself. You're doing something for yeah. yourself. But this was so profound it's a dream for everyone. It, it, just, it just affected my heart when I read that. Yes, I mean, isn't that a beautiful thing, right? That you can dream a dream for yourself, mm -hmm. but what if you could also dream a dream for others? Mm -hmm. And that simply means making sure that, you know, where possible, and I know it's not always going to be possible for everyone, but this idea of dreaming a dream that gives back to your community, to other humanity, to fellow human beings, and this is what is also at the core of Ubuntu, right? Recognizing that you're part of a collective. And so whenever you dream, you dream a dream for others. And being a humanitarian enabled me to do that because I knew that once I got my dream to become a humanitarian, it also meant that my work was going to benefit others. And so I, I'm, I'm yeah. so happy that it spoke to you. It's and so incredible I, that you, right? what you've and, done with your life. And, and how I want you to talk about why you you had this dream, what your dream was, and what sparked it, because that is also profound. Well, yes, and again, I think it's like a full circle Ubuntu because my dream was literally inspired by a fellow African who saved my life. Right, mm -hmm. I grew up in this beautiful African village in Zimbabwe, and 
we never wanted for anything because we lived as part of this com community. We embraced our Ubuntu growing up, and which meant farming together, which meant sharing our food with each other, and never really wanting for anything because the food belonged to everyone. Mm -hmm. But then when I turned eight, a drought hit our village and really devastated us, and there was nothing to eat or drink. And I just remember one day feeling so weak from hunger that I was unable to move. And in this moment, the most remarkable thing happened. This girl in a blue uniform was another African, although not from my village, from a different village. She found me and she was wearing this blue uniform because she was a humanitarian with the United Nations. Mm -hmm. And I found this later, right? After she gave me a bowl of porridge, she saved my life. And for me, that was Ubuntu at work because I even remember, you know, after I came out of this sort of foggy moment and, and almost dying from hunger, mm -hmm. when I asked her why she was there, because I, she was African like me, but I never seen it before. She said she was there because as Africans, we must uplift each other, mm -hmm. right? And, there, and that was Ubuntu, that was mm -hmm. right there. Yes. And, and I thought, you know, I too want to be just like her, right? Mm -hmm. So I can save the lives of others in a similar way that my life was saved. And I'm so grateful that that dream came true. And I became the girl in the blue uniform when I joined the United Nations. Yes, and, and talk about getting into the United Nations. I thought <laughs> that was amazing in itself. You did not take no for an answer. And that, you, your fierce determination is, is inspirational in itself. And so when the part of the book where you went for the interview and you're thinking, I got this, I got this. And then you kept hitting no, but you came up with a solution. And that to me, that is never give up. And look where you are now. So do you want to talk a little bit about that too? <laughs> no, but I think also, so thank you. But I think the thing that also made it possible for me to keep going, you know, I often reflect on this and I often think about if this was just a dream for myself, you know, I mean, it's not uncommon that, we all pursue dreams that fall apart. And at some point we decide to move on and we make another dream. But because my dream was so grounded in this Ubuntu, it was grounded in my community. I knew that achieving that dream would also help elevate my own community, my own continent, and even my own country of Zimbabwe. So I, I just realized I can't give up because there was so much at stake. But yes, indeed, everything fell apart. I decided to pursue this dream. I learned that I could be in the UK and work for the United Nations, except what I thought was the United Nations office wasn't the United Nations office. And I literally arrived in London with 250 pounds to my name. I didn't know anyone in the UK. I ended up living in what, what just sadly appeared to be a very filthy youth hostel. I almost got thrown out when my money ran out and I couldn't find a job, but I persevered and I did everything I could. I ended up working as a janitor at this hostel just so that I could stay in the UK and pursue my dream. And um, I knew that, you know, getting education was an important aspect to that. So when I was able to get a job working in a recruitment agency, I saved, that, saved up that money. I got myself into university. Um, and then again, another series of miracles the UN actually opened an office in London and I was able to work there. Right, no, it's just amazing how, I mean, you worked from the bottom up, literally, you were scrubbing yeah. toilets. I mean, yeah. 
it, this your life is just i can't even put into words how amazing it is but, but any you know the interesting thing too i know in every time when i tell people that they kind of feel like sad for me and actually yeah and you read this in the book i actually kind of took pride in that mm -hmm. because also you know my gogo my grandmother who raised me in zimbabwe often told me that you know we we have to make as africans we have to maintain our dignity and that's what our land enabled us to do in my village, you know? It wasn't just a way of us feeding ourselves, you know, by farming our land and heading our cattle, but it was a way that through which we maintained our dignity and pride because we knew we could take care of ourselves. And so in a funny way, being a janitor gave me a sense of pride and dignity because I was like, you know what? I, I deserve to be here. I can pay my rent in exchange for you know, this work. But also I love the fact that, you know, I was taking care of the place for fellow immigrants like myself were living in this youth hostel. And I was happy about that because then they also got to, you know, use a very clean toilet that I had cleaned. And, <laughs> and that, that made me happy. <laughs> it was a small way of giving back, right? Before yeah. I got my big job at the year. And I was like, what? This is still giving back to my community. I didn't yeah. know them, but we were all in the same boat. You know, we we're all... Mm -hmm trying to make our lives better in the UK where immigrants would look down upon because of the mm -hmm. color of our skin, because of our accent, because of the way that we dress. And, and we found our own community, which was so beautiful. Yeah, well, I like that notion of doing whatever you're doing is thinking about it is giving back. I, yeah. There's probably things that people do normally every day and don't think about it that yeah. I'm doing this, but I'm giving back as I'm doing it. So I really love that notion. That's such a great way to look at something. But it's also a great way to not overwhelm, right? Because, you know, people often look at humanitarians and think, well, the only way I can give back is if I'm a humanitarian. And no, that's not the case. Even in my own situation, I started giving back from a very young age. I used to volunteer at HIV AIDS clinics in Zimbabwe and I didn't have a fancy title. I was just doing the work. And so to your point, you know, there are very small things that we can all do to, do to create change. It doesn't have to be groundbreaking. If you see a homeless person on the street, even a simple hello, you know, making that human connection, you don't have to have money. I mean, if you do have money, if you can buy them a sandwich, that's even better. But it's like doing the small everyday things, looking around your community and saying, what is the one thing that I can do to make a difference in the lives of others? Or just being kind to someone on the, you know, if there's, if there's a, a, a person who needs your seat on the bus or wherever you may be, like those small micro actions. I actually think if all of us made like small actions, yeah. those small actions will culminate into big change. I, I agree with you. When I read this book and I was like, Oh my gosh, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> but I like that you say that because not everybody can change the world like on a yep. grand scheme of life. You can change it by just like small acts of kindness, like you said. And I think that's very important. It's just as important. Yeah. Although what you did is amazing. And I actually wanted to talk to you about he for she because yes. that, so you got into the United Nations and then you were given you did you started this initiative and i think everybody should know about this initiative so would you talk a little bit about that yes so one of my favorite african sayings is that a person is a person through other people right so it's back is the ubuntu philosophy again mm -hmm. and so 
I do want to make sure that that's very well understood because it literally takes all of us to create change. Yes, I had found myself as United Nations Senior Advisor at UN Women, which is the UN Entity for Gender Equality. And one of the tasks that I was given was to try and figure out a way that we could accelerate progress towards gender equality because right now, I know most people might not know this, it's literally going to take us more than 100 years to achieve gender equality. And that's just way too long. And it's also unfair that simply because of someone's gender, you know, that women and girls continue to be discriminated against, they continue to be, you know, denied access to equal rights on so many fronts. And so, although the idea of he for she, which is a solidarity movement for gender equality, which involved all genders, in particular men, to try and figure out this as a collective, it obviously came from this philosophy of Ubuntu, the understanding that we are all one human family. And if we're going to actually create the change, then we have to work together as a collective. But it was really, its fruition was a result of my incredible colleagues at UN Women. We have an incredible visionary leader, uh, Pumzilim Nambunguka, who is the head of UN Women, who herself is a freedom fighter in South Africa, you know, during the anti-apartheid era and was part of implementing Ubuntu as a way to heal the country after this really horrific system of racial segregation. So it took all of us. It took my colleagues. It took the support of Emma Watson, the British actress Emma Watson, for, for us to really galvanize everyone. And it was an incredible success because at least one man in every single country in the world joined here for she in just the first five days. And there was 1.2 billion online conversations, billion, not millions, conversations are from around the world. And, and, and that was such a heartwarming feeling for all of us, at UN Women, to see that change is possible when we work together as a collective. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> I thank you so much for, gosh, you, uh, you are incredible. Your journey is incredible. I want to show the book again. I think everybody needs to read this. I am Thank you, America. I cannot recommend it highly enough. And I wanted, is there anything that you want the readers to take away from, from this book? The fact that none of us are too small to make a difference. You know, that we, we all can be part of creating the change. And unless we do that, it's always going to be an issue of, this group versus this group you know as a woman of color as a black woman living in america right now it's also just really heartbreaking to see that a lot of the work that is being done by incredible activists uh, on the black lives matter movement is not fully supported by all of us as, as a society and we kind of look at and that is an issue that we you know, minorities have to solve or, you know, the Asian community has to solve the, 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 the issue around hate. But no, it's, it's going to take all of us. And again, I would encourage anyone who's tuned in today to look around and say, you know, what is the small action that I can take? And whether that's joining an existing movement, whether that's starting your own initiative in school or in your workplace, but we can't be silent when some of us are being discriminated because as long as one of us is discriminated, then it literally means none of us are going to be truly free and equal. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah.
Thank you but, so but much. Any, I also want to, I also want to take advantage of this because I know we have a few more minutes, but I also want people to know about you oh. because, because I think what you're doing is incredible. I think the work that, you know, the work that you have been doing, I mean, you also even wrote something on Ubuntu long before you read this book. Yeah. And I know you're also a writer. So I, I would love to just, you know, for you to share to people who you are and what you do and. Well, thank you so much. This is such an honor. Uh, <laughs> gosh, right now I um, wrote a woman's fiction book and ironically it is about a woman who's trying to follow a dream and she's running up against some obstacles and challenges so i'm i just signed on with a literary agent in february so i'm excited congratulations <laughs> that's you. not easy by the way so that's a massive win yeah it it was it it took about um four years <laughs> i wrote four yeah. different books and then the fourth books is someone picked it up so and it's been an amazing journey so far and in addition to that i'm doing bookstagram on instagram so i i just love reading books and supporting other authors and so that's pretty much what i'm doing right now no congratulations i'm so proud of you but i mean again you were giving me accolades about never giving up it took you this long and you never gave up on your dream. And I think that's also the power of this. I think the idea that your current circumstances mm -hmm. should not limit your dream or your potential and this idea of never giving up, it's also quite powerful because often we face one or two hurdles and we feel like, well, you know, that's it. I need to do something else. Of course, there are times when you just have to call it, right? Yes, yes. Just for your own mental health. If it's not working, it's not working. But I think if you have that five, have that passion, I think you just have to keep going. I agree with you. I, there were times when I didn't know if I wanted to continue. But it, you, like you said, if it's a dream in your heart and you really want to do it, you will find a way and, and you will do it. And I firmly believe that as you do too. So, Wow. Thank you so much, Annie. This was lovely. And again, so appreciative of you taking time to read. I'm a girl from Africa. Yes. And I'm also going to do a shout out. If anyone else has read the book, has questions for me, wants to have this dedicated IG live with me, as I've done with Annie, please DM me and I'll be happy to do that. But thank you again, Annie. Yes, have a wonderful you. day. You too. And, and I'm like rooting for your book. So I can't wait for it to come out. Oh, thank you so much. That means a lot to me. <laughs> All right. Take All right. care. Thank you. Take Bye. care. Bye, Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye.